All right, so welcome to Tech Junior. My name is Lee Warwick. I'm a full stack JavaScript developer. I have with me Eddie. Hey, it's Eddie. I'm also JavaScript full stack uh, and a designer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always going to stumble um, doing this intro. So uh, and always introduce yourself differently. Um, yeah, we're also musicians. So uh, I play guitar and a little bit of bass. Um, Eddie plays. What bass and I'm guitar? I'm mostly a bass player, a little bit of guitar, and a little keyboards. Cool. Uh, I also sing very badly uh, in the in the car, but uh, never tried to record that. But we we mentioned this because um, being musicians is the experience is very very similar to being a developer, and so that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today. Um, it's it's a deep subject. Um, there's there's a lot of stuff to learn being a musician and also um, in being a developer. And there's also a lot of creativity that goes into it. So um, why don't we just start with um, talking about how we got into music, and then we'll kind of talk about how the the two are different and similar. Uh, yeah, I can say um, so. I started about at sixteen or so. Uh, I had a friend um, growing up that was a drummer. And like a lot of people I know, um, started because there was like a, they needed a bass player and it was kind of hard oh, for them. Always. to find a bass player. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> always a need because originally I wanted to be a drummer, but, um, that's also very expensive and loud and takes up a lot of space. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so he had an extra bass, he lent it to me and then that's kind of how I got started. Um, just jamming with them. Like I never really had any kind of traditional um, like lessons and learned scales and all that stuff. I kind of did a little bit of that on my own, but um, uh, like I can't read music or anything, but just going through and making things is just how, like making music is kind of how I learned. Ended up in, uh, I was in two bands. One, I was a singer. And then the, the second one, I was, uh, I was like kind of the second vocalist and then did a, bass guitar and keyboards and kind of filled in gaps and stuff like that it was mostly just like i just like to make things and then just writing music and putting it together and things like that and just uh yeah it's a lot of fun and there are similarities there as far as coding just i'm a creative person just like putting stuff together and making something that you know wasn't there before just uh and this kind of how I got into that. What about you? So um, I had an uncle that played guitar, and um, from a young age, I kind of, I guess, showed an interest uh, in his eyes. And so he had like a bunch of guitars, like most guitars probably. I think mm -hmm. he had upwards of twenty. Wow. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I guess he saw that I had an interest, and then when I was, I think maybe ten or eleven, he he gave me a guitar to play and I think he gave me like one lesson and showed me like an E minor chord or something. Okay. But uh shortly after that he passed away and I just kind of have held on to it ever since and wanted to So you to still keep... have it? I still have that guitar, yeah. Hmm. Um al along with uh a couple other of his guitars. Um Okay. But I've just kind of wanted to keep the tradition alive. Uh, my grandmother played like banjo or something crazy. Oh, uh, cool. he obviously played guitar, so um, I think I'm the only one in my family that like consistently plays music. So I've, I've kind of wanted to, to keep that going. 
Um, and then I took lessons briefly, maybe for less than a year. And, uh, I was, I was super young when I did it. Um, my guitar teacher was kind of like a, he was an Indian guy, but he was a redneck at the same time. So he would like <laughs> his, his dad was a pastor from like Alabama or something crazy. And he would show me like his bow hunting Polaroids whenever I would show up. Wow. He, he was really a, an odd duck, but, uh, in any case, um, I did have a, a teacher briefly, but I'm mostly self-taught, um, outside of that. And then I, I also played in a band in middle school. Uh, and the only thing that we played over and over and over again was you shook me all night long by ACDC <laughs> for like an entire summer. So like there were guys building a roof, um, or patching a roof or something next door. And they would tell us like, yeah, man, we were jamming out to you guys playing over and over and over again. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun, but, uh, I've only been in a, a couple bands aside from that, like a country band, uh, up here where I live. Um, and then like a couple rock bands, but they, they kind of never go anywhere because musicians tend to kind of, uh, not be the most reliable people or kind of flaky. So yeah, it's, it's hard to, to stick with a band. Yeah, it's always uh, hard to find other bandmates, and especially ones that can be consistent and show up to practice. And yeah, like or that. have a vehicle, have an instrument, and all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then of course, always need a drummer, always need a bassist, always yeah. need a singer, and there's about three million guitarists out there. Yep. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, as far as uh, how that is similar or different to development, um, like I said before music is a wide and uh, in-depth topic. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to learn. Um, like I don't read music per se either. Uh, I can't sight read for, for sure. Meaning like you can't drop a sheet of music in front of me and then I pick up my guitar and just look at it and play it. Yeah. Um, mainly because, you know, guitar doesn't map to sheet music kind of like a piano does. Okay. So yeah. one key on the piano is one specific spot on a music staff. Mm -hmm. Whereas that same note on the staff on a guitar could be played on like seven different spots. So, yeah. um, guitar has always kind of been like this Everest that I've been climbing for <laughs> a lot of years. And, and I think a lot of guitarists will tell you that, but, uh, I, I really feel like it's the same kind of thing with development because there is just a ton of stuff to learn as a developer. So um, the first thing I kind of wanted to go over was um, tastes and like tastes in music, tastes in, I guess, websites, if that makes sense. But okay. um, when you start out playing, you can't play very well, obviously. You know, you're yeah. terrible at it. But you, but you have music that you love and you want to play it. And yeah. it's super discouraging to want to play something and just not be able to do it. <laughs> so, um, are, are you familiar with Ira Glass? Oh yeah. Yeah. He has a, uh, I don't know if it's like a video. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it's called the gap. Okay. And I heard a little bit about this and actually, um, on a syntax. Yeah. So I'll dig out the link if I can find it. There's probably like comics and stuff. It's, it's super famous, but. Um, the gist of it is that, uh, when you start out, you know, in anything creative, your tastes are beyond your ability. Yeah. And so that's definitely the same between development and, 
music, um, you know, there's things that everybody wants to build, like, oh, I want to make this beautiful website, or I want to make uh, this awesome video game or um, program or whatever, make like this awesome user experience, but you don't have the chops yet to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's also, along with that, a little element of imposter syndrome. Um, so, Eddie, have you ever been in a guitar center? Yeah, and I don't play guitar in Guitar Center. Or if I do, <laughs> it's in a corner where no one else can hear me. <laughs> in like a soundproof room or something? Yeah, like uh, these, I, I don't know if every Guitar Center has this, but like the acoustic room would be like closed off. Um, there's a door sometimes. Right. And um, sometimes if I'm there by myself, maybe I'll pick it up and like play something. So but, uh, real yeah, quick, like if you've never been in a Guitar Center, oh, it's, it's just like a giant... Um, it's like Best Buy, but for music. <clears throat> and they have a usually a wall of guitars, a whole bunch of amps in um, like the, the showroom floor. And all of them are plugged in, and you can grab a guitar off the wall and just sit down and play. And so, Eddie, do you have you experienced this where you walk into Guitar Center and there's like some guy just going nuts on guitar? Yeah, yeah. Um, is, that, is that not like every time you go in? Pretty much, and a lot of times, <laughs> at least when I was learning, uh, it was Metallica. It's always Metallica. always. Yeah. It's always actually. I think. Um, have you seen Wayne's World? Yeah, Wayne's World kind of encapsulates this uh, perfectly. But basically, uh, Mike Myers walks into a guitar store or something, and he grabs like his dreamed of guitar off the wall and starts to play it. And the first notes that he plays are like "Stairway to Heaven." Okay. And the guy grabs him on the shoulders like, hey, we don't do that here. And he points up to a sign and it says, no stairway in neon. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's it's kind of like that. But I think in recent years, it's, it's like Metallica or, you know, any kind of heavy metal or something. But basically you walk in and there's always, without fail, some guy sitting down and he's just playing like the most complicated thing that he can with his ability and just like all the weedly wees and squealies and <laughs> bends and just a flurry of notes and music. Yeah. And you of course walk in and you're like, well, I kind of like this guitar and you grab it off the wall and you're like, uh, I guess I'll try and play it. And immediately like you plug it in you're like, I can't play. <laughs> yeah. Or, and then it's out of tune and stuff like that. And everything sounds weird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I, I kind of think that that's, analogous maybe to imposter syndrome like you sit down and you're like man i'm not a musician you know especially compared to you know metallica guy over there that's just like wailing you know on guitar um even in high school like there were times where i bring my guitar in um because we were doing like uh some kind of performance or something talent show or whatever and without fail some guy in class picks up the guitar and is just like doing arpeggios and just like, like, Oh geez, here we go again. Yeah. So, um, but really like that isn't music, right? No. So if you pick up an instrument and you just like unleash 10,000 notes, like that's great, but that's not musical. I mean, it's maybe it's musical, but it's not a song, right? Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, so I kind of want to jump into that a little bit later, but just, you know, at at a base level, like there's definitely that element of imposter syndrome. So I've kind of been aware of that for a long, long time, and I've definitely let it get me down as a guitarist. Um, 
And, you know, if you listen to like, for instance, the Beatles, those guys don't get on there and shred, right? No. But and they're the most popular band of all time. Yeah. And a lot of their stuff is like a couple of chords. Yeah, I've never really been into the like the shredding stuff. Plus, I don't think my fingers can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, even like if you think about maybe bands and I don't know, like uh, everything since the 80s really like that stuff has fallen out of favor anyway. So, yeah. um, in my mind, like the, the goal has always been to be that eighties shred person that just like can pick up a guitar and just wail and, and shred and all that stuff. But, uh, I've, I've never really reached that. Um, even though like, you know, I've gotten better over the years, but I feel yeah, like I we've, we've wandered off a little bit point, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Imposter syndrome, like it's it's definitely there as a musician and what you have to realize is that um you're not playing to impress people you're playing to make music yeah so there's kind of like you know you can write a program and it doesn't have to be the flashiest program it just has to work and serve its purpose exactly and if you can do that, then, hey, you're a programmer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you can play a song, then you're a musician. It, it doesn't have to be, like, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra guy that's like, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. So That's funny. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of why, I mean, I learned enough of what I needed for, like, I guess, guitar, a little bit of keyboard and stuff like that to build a song, basically. And then, you know plan out drums at like something like reason and a drum machine or something like that just so i can make songs by myself yeah i feel like drum software is is super awesome just because there are no drummers (laughs) or they're in they're already in like nine bands so yeah (laughs) um so uh the next thing i kind of wanted to bring up um going beyond like the imposter syndrome is this whole concept of having like a music teacher so you're self-taught. You said never had a teacher. Uh, yeah. I had lessons briefly. Um, but to be fair, I had like a month of lessons and that was about it. Okay. So, um, so when you were doing the lessons, if you can remember back that far, yeah. what did the teacher like teach you? That was, uh, what do we go over? Like um, chords. And uh, he, uh, we started with like him asking me which chords I knew, and I don't know any of the names. I just know the positions. Okay. <laughs> so I showed him that. He's like, okay. And then um, toward the end of it, he can see that I wasn't really digging just playing a scale or whatever. So he was like, um, just do this to play the song. And we, I think I played um, Smells Like Teen Spirit or something like that. Okay. Uh, and then from there, I just continued learning songs. And that's kind of how I learned to play, not through like, you know, traditional, like, you know, we're going to play Mary had a little lamb and, you know, things like that. Right. So, uh, but yeah, that's about it for lessons. So I took, um, I took lessons twice actually, now that I remember it, uh, once when I was a kid and then once in college, um, I found a guy that, uh, taught guitar at a little school up in Gainesville. But, um, as a kid, uh, it was mostly like the basics, kind of what you need to know. And 
uh, there was a lot, like I said, of him like flipping down Polaroids of some boar that he shot over the weekend <laughs> and just kind of like, you know, chatting me up talking. He, he was married to a, uh, a Japanese pianist. Oh, okay. Um, and she would go back to Japan and take him with her periodically. So he would talk about like Japanese arcades and stuff, which was kind of cool. That's cool. But, um, in any case, what he would go over would be like basics, um, pentatonic scales, uh, kind of like the 80% of what you need to know yeah, kind of stuff. And then as an adult, you know, I had practiced a whole lot, maybe, you know, 10 years in between, um, went back and took lessons for a couple of months. And when I took lessons, the teacher was kind of like, okay, what do you want to learn? And I was like, I don't know. That's why I'm paying you. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't take him for too long. Uh, yeah. he was a really good guitarist, but, uh, the, the point I'm trying to, to get at is that the music teacher, just like in development, like all of this information that you need to know is out there for free. So mm -hmm. you can look up any chord on the internet. You can look up any scale. You can look up variations of them, how to play them. Um, all the key signatures you can look up. All that stuff is available for free on the internet. Progressions, music theory, it's out there for free. So yeah. you don't need to go to UC Berkeley and and like pay bajillions of dollars to get like a music degree. Like yeah. the information's out there and it's the I, same for development. Yeah. I wish when I was learning that YouTube was what it is now because it's it to watch someone play oh, yeah. a song that I like and just see how, the, how they go through it and stuff like that would have been really helpful. Yeah. You can basically get like guitar lessons through YouTube now because yeah. there's a ton of people that I watch on YouTube um, that are not only entertaining, but like super helpful, like even beyond, um, some of the lessons that I had as a kid. But, uh, point being like when you go out and you pay money for education, you're not necessarily paying for the information you're paying for the guidance and for the curriculum. Yeah. So, um, recently I heard somebody talking about, uh, Oh, why'd you pay money to go to a coding boot camp or whatever, like that information's available for cheap or for free. Yeah. But that's not the point. Mm -hmm. The point is somebody sat down and, and gave you mentorship and guidance and said like, that's why well, I did it. Yeah, exactly. Like, Hey, you want to be a web developer? I've been there and I'm going to tell you that you need to learn these specific things instead of like go out there and learn web development. Cause if you Google search it, you'll get like Ruby, you'll get .net, you'll get uh, JavaScript, React, Angular. Yeah, a ton of stuff. Yeah, you'll just get a, a deluge of information back, and it's like, how do I sift through this? What do I spend my time on? And like, that's why before I went to a boot camp, like I just kind of floundered and never went anywhere with it. Yeah, I had no idea what I needed to pay attention to and focus on. Yeah, having so, that direction is really helpful. Super, super important. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have you don't have to pay somebody. Um, if you can find like a senior developer or even yeah, like, like a mentor, would be yeah, ask somebody and get mentorship, like that's invaluable. Mm -hmm. So, um, when I signed up for the bootcamp, obviously I didn't know any developers, but <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, same here. Also the guy that was, was dogging bootcamps paid like money for a bachelor's degree in computer science, which I'm sure cost multitudes more than a bootcamp. So it took way longer. And, and exactly took way longer. So, uh, anyway, um, 
so beyond that, like there's also, as far as like learning music and development, this concept of um, practice and noodling. Now, when I say that, are you familiar? What noodling? Yeah, what I mean by noodling. Uh, I'm just no, I guess no. I'm gonna say okay. So (laughs) (laughs) I've seen this kind of thrown around a little bit as a as a guitarist, but basically, like in order to get better, you have to pick your guitar up, right? So you can't just watch videos of people playing guitar. You can't just read a book. You can't go to Barnes and Noble and be like, "Ooh, a guitar book," and then read it, and then ah, yes, and now you're better at guitar. You have to actually pick the instrument up and play it. Yeah. So the step after that is, are you practicing or are you just messing around? So you can pick your guitar up and play it. And if you're just noodling, you know, you're just like, uh, I'm just going to like run scales or kind of absentmindedly play or mess around or whatever. I guess I would do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do that for tens of thousands of hours Yeah. and you'll get better, but you won't get as good as if you sat down and purposefully decided I'm going to practice this. Yeah. And I'm going to practice this because my goal is this. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of the same way with development. Um, you can sit down on your computer and watch YouTube videos and stuff, but that's not going to make you a better developer. You have to actually build stuff. And with that in mind, like you should be learning skills that are going to contribute to your overall goal. So if you want to make like websites, that's great. But like, are you making a full stack site? Maybe you need to learn some backend technology. Are you making a marketing site? Maybe you need to learn like animations and stuff. So being purposeful whenever you're learning and practicing um, is is very important. Yeah, I agree with that. There are some values of just like sitting there and like I will play some a video or like development or whatever just in the background. And I'll get some of that information and then just take note of like, okay, I should get a little deeper into this or like figure this out and, you know, things like that. And then when I have more time, you know, dive into it a little deeper. Um, And to the noodling part of like playing guitar, I would have my guitar next to my TV. And then if I'm watching a show or something, just pick it up and mess with it. And then in between commercials, like, you know, that's how it would work on a song or something like that. Um, and that's how I would practice. I guess I never really sat down and like, say, hey, I'm going to practice this thing with, you know, as far as guitar goes. And then, um, I guess that would happen more when I was in the band and we'd have like set times to like, we're going to practice these songs and go through them and whatnot. So it really depends on what your goals are. Yeah. So I knew, I knew a guy in college that played guitar and, um, all he cared about was playing other people's songs. Okay. And so if that's your goal, you don't really need to care about music theory because you're not writing music. You know, you just need to be able to uh, maybe at the most read, you know, the sheet music for the songs that you want to learn and then just have like the technical ability to play them. Um, But for me, like I've always wanted to write my own music. So I've had to get into music theory and and practice like some of that stuff and learn it in depth. So um, that's why you know, I spent a lot of hours learning about like the circle of fifths and, you know, notes and scale and all that good stuff. Um, and as far as like picking your guitar up and just kind of messing around, uh, that's important. Um, and definitely as a developer, like if you see something on the internet and you're like, yeah, that's kind of neat. 
getting on CodePen and doing it or, you know, whatever like way you have to do it to, to try it out or mess around or whatever is also super important. Um, and that's, you know, a part of practice. Um, maybe, you know, practicing with intent for development would be more analogous to like, uh, I'm going to learn this language or I'm going to learn like SAS or something. And you get like a SAS tutorial and then you build something with SAS or something like that, okay. as opposed to just like, I'm going to mess with this one trick or something, you know? So I think there's a place for both. Yeah. But it's, it's just making sure that what you're doing is lining up with your goals, which is, is super important. I'd agree. Just like kind of aimlessly sitting at your computer is not going to yeah, get you where you need to go. That, that's a bad idea. <laughs> Just like watching TV and picking your guitar up is not going to make you play like the guy from Trans-Siberian Orchestra. No, no, I never, well, <laughs> it was never my goal, but like, um, for that, it was just like messing around until I found something that I liked, like the way it sounded and then build out from there to like write a song. That's kind of right, what I right. did. So, um, another thing that's kind of, um, going along with that is motivation. So have you ever felt like, uh, I just can't play today. You know, I just can't pick my bass up or my guitar up. Mm, no. Well, it depends. Like, uh, I would have more motivation if I were in a band. Like I know, okay, Tuesday I have practice. I would like, I need to make sure I know what I'm doing. So I'm not the guy that's like, you know, keeping everyone from like, accomplishing something um and then have something new to bring to the table so we can work on something else so we're not wasting our time because we have to pay for that like studio time and stuff like that to you know practice and whatnot or rehearsal space i should say uh but yeah that's an interesting point um do you feel like you would maybe have put as many hours into being a developer if you weren't working as one right now um I guess no, uh, maybe, maybe if I was still trying to find a job, then yeah, I think I would still be putting time in. It'd be in, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I I want to say yes, because I, I I don't think I would have really. If I'm being honest, I think I'd still be working at it. But I mean, it just kind of like you know life happens and do you mean like the eight hours a day plus like doing stuff after work that are yeah. you counting all that yeah. time then no well no maybe not counting like the actual at your desk time oh, but okay outside of work uh I, I mean i'd probably still be working on it but i don't know if i would be like as into it because i kind of feel like there's this uh, drive to improve in a certain direction. Like let's say we're working with view at work, um, outside of work, like that kind of makes me want to look at more view stuff or learn Nuxt or grid sum or something. Yeah. So that was like that with angular uh, when we started. Yeah. Yeah. So if you didn't have that motivation, if you weren't working, you know, with angular or something or didn't have a job, maybe you just kind of be like, well, I guess I need to practice web development and kind of sit down and just noodle around with SAS or something like that. Mess around with, I don't know, uh, let me look at this one thing in JavaScript or something. It wouldn't be as focused and you wouldn't have as much motivation, I don't think. At least for me. Yeah, um, you're probably right. But uh, aside from that, 
Like if you are out there looking for a job, um, and you find yourself lacking motivation to program, um, like in music, you kind of need to picture what your goals are. Mm -hmm. So if you're wanting to do front end development, like obviously practicing more front end development stuff is going to, is going to probably pay off more. Um, don't like go down some weird rabbit hole of, uh, I guess I'll learn Python today. And then, <laughs> Cause like, you're not going to touch that stuff as a front end developer probably. Yeah. So it's better to improve like your react skills or your CSS skills or JavaScript or something. Um, and then as a developer and as a musician, like if you are lacking motivation to do that stuff and you don't have a job, or you want to do more stuff outside of work, you kind of have to have fun doing it. Like mm -hmm. you can't sit down and just practice scales because you're going to go it's insane. really boring. Yeah. Yeah. It's super, super boring. You're just like, do re mi fa sol la ti do <laughs> and then backwards, you know, over and over and over again for like a half hour. Yeah. Um, so what I find is that <clears throat> it really helps me to learn songs. So just like you were talking about earlier, like, pull up YouTube or something and type a song in and then like on guitar and watch somebody play and like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's how that solo actually is played. Yeah. And th that like reverse engineering aspect is, is kind of a good way to learn things. So maybe for development, like what do you need in life that you can solve with programming? So like, let's say you have a lot of, um, mental overhead, keeping track of your own to-do list. Maybe then you want to build like a to-do app. Yeah. You know, a, a place to like take notes or something. Maybe recently I built a, uh, no, not JavaScript, um, a Jeopardy game for my daughter's book report for her class to like go through different questions that she had that she wanted to play a game with the class. And uh, I used, I practiced jQuery because I haven't used it in a long time. So, uh, <laughs> But yeah, and that, gotta stay sharp on jQuery. Yeah, I, just because we had that podcast and I wanted to go back to it, uh, it was a pain in the butt. But, uh, but yeah, just find different reasons to practice something that you're interested in. Yeah, try and solve a problem. Yeah, exactly. Just like you know, <clears throat> your daughter needed like a quiz app, so hey, I'm a developer. Like, why not make one? Yeah. Right, and then oh, I haven't touched jQuery in a while. Why don't I try that and see how it works out? Yeah. So it, that's exactly my point. Um, <clears throat> if you have some kind of need or something or a want to build something like that's what you should be spending your time on because you're going to be motivated. You're going to have more fun with it. Um, you're probably going to learn a lot more that way versus like, well, I guess I need to build a to do app or a calculator or something <laughs> and just kind of like bore yourself to tears practicing <laughs> that kind yeah. of thing. Just like the, all those, um, all those music books that have all the fair use or common license music in it. Like Mary had a little lamb, like you're yeah, saying yeah, earlier. Yeah. Nothing is worse than like, I'm going to play guitar. And then you open up your guitar book and it's like, Oh, Susanna or something. Or this kind of reminds me of uh, like, jingle bells. When I was <laughs> learning JavaScript the first time, this is way before the boot camp, And I was, it was through a book and like, uh, there were a bunch of examples and like building out a calculator, like you just said. 
um and the whole time i'm looking at this like how does this connect to the thing i see on the website like i have no idea where this is like i've never been on a calculator website no, right yeah like <laughs> the the variables and stuff like I, it was just not connecting at the time so um but like it, that changed when i went to the boot camp but the whole time i was like i need to see this actually work you know and it, it just through the book it wasn't giving me that that kind of uh what i needed visually to kind of put things together yeah, definitely music is the same way because um, even if you can read sheet music and you're like super good at sight reading, uh, it's always better. Like there's always something lost whenever you transmit that stuff from a performance to paper. Mm -hmm. And that's why like we are so blessed to live in this like YouTube era where you can just like fire up a video of like, hey guys, you know, I'm going to show you how to do this cool trick on guitar and then like they do it and you're like, Oh, okay. That's what it's supposed to sound like. Yeah. I've got like books on my shelf that are full of like cool riffs and stuff to play. And I don't know if they're cool or if they're crap because <laughs> I can't hear them. They're on paper. Right. <laughs> so I have no idea. Um, and if I play, I'm like, it's, uh, is that how it's supposed to sound? So yeah. Yeah. People like, um, like Jimi Hendrix, for instance, uh, he, learned a lot of stuff just by like being around a lot of other musicians and growing up like you know on the street or something you know he's got a buddy that plays and that guy plays like a riff and he's like oh yeah that's cool let me play it and oh let me put my own spin on it so there was like a lot of collaboration that that kind of built that out and that's like a really good place to be as a developer as well and if that's like through twitter you follow a bunch of famous developers or YouTube where you follow like, you know, some, some cool people on YouTube or meet up. lots of meetups. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And, and meet people that are like, Oh, I'm working on this. Oh, cool. How'd you build that? Like, that's a really good place to be as a developer and as a musician. Yeah. You, you can improve a whole lot by being around uh, people that are in that same space yeah, it's motivation. and just kind of absorbing all that stuff. So, um, the last point that I kind of wanted to hit okay. is kind of like an Eddie centric topic, but uh, it has to do with like design and music and specifically like um, playing songs. So going back to the guy at Guitar Center that's just like wailing on his guitar, mm -hmm. it sounds like a bunch of angry bees coming after you. <laughs> um, <laughs> that stuff doesn't translate like it's impressive, but it's not necessarily enjoyable. So yeah. you can, you can add a whole bunch of crap to a website and make like things spin and animate and change colors and flash and like add music to it and all this kind of garbage, but that doesn't make it enjoyable for the user. Even if you're like, wow, how'd you do this weird spinning taco animation that like <laughs> says Taco Bell whenever you, whenever I click it, like that's a lot of JavaScript that went into that. How did you do that? Like you may impress a developer with it, but the end user is just gonna be like, why is this annoying taco on this website <laughs> that's spinning around making music? <laughs> so um, kind of a weird example, but uh, is that like, there's, something you've encountered? Like... Uh, there, there are some joke websites out there oh, okay. um, that are pretty funny, like our public's chicken tender subs on sale.com or something <laughs> where like whenever they're on sale, the guy goes on there and just adds like as much garbage as he can to the site. That's like spinning and, marquee tags and stuff but that's kind of fun um yeah i mean if you're doing it to be funny that's one thing yeah. but uh for instance like when we looked at that one design agency site that one time mm -hmm. and it was just like it looked like 
like a fighter jet cockpit with like animations and like numbers spinning and stuff on the the site and you're like where do i click yeah but what what is this even trying to convey <laughs> like i've shown that to students in the boot camp and they're like wow this site is like so so cool and i'm like yeah but what does it do i don't know but it looks so <laughs> neat you know so uh, you can impress like developers with that stuff but um the end user is just kind of going to be like aggravated that they can't figure out how to navigate the damn yeah, site. That's kind of important. So I don't want to call out that, that specific agency or anything, but um, you can probably look at like design agency websites and they're, they're just like trying to impress clients and stuff with like flashy websites, but that doesn't always translate to good user yeah, experience. Exactly. And as a guitarist, like sometimes you need to stop playing. Because if you pick up your guitar and you're playing during a song and you're just like, you know, just filling it up yeah. with notes and garbage, like you're not giving the song room to yeah, breathe. Exactly. And, and on you're kind of like, stuff like that. exactly. You're just like crapping up the mix yeah. basically <laughs> with, with your playing. And, um, yeah, so that's what the bridge is for. There, there's say that for later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, sometimes less is more, I guess is the, the kind of adage that I'm yeah. getting at. Um, you're, you're playing to make a song. You're not playing to fill three minutes with you doing like bad guitar solo. <laughs> and that's like something that I struggle with. Cause I, I just kind of have for so long, just sat down and like noodled on guitar, just absentmindedly kind of like you have watching TV yeah. or something. And when it's just you playing, then it makes sense because you know if you're not playing it's just yeah. silence but whenever you add that to a song it's a totally different experience now you're like you know drowning out the drums or you're walking all over the vocals or something and as a developer like you need to know when to add an animation to something or to make like colors and stuff or throw a picture in i've seen like a lot of student or new developer websites that um they just like cram it full of junk. Yeah, everything's going like, to animate. Yeah. Everything <laughs> animates. Everything has a picture on the background. Yeah. Uh, the header has a picture. The body has a picture, <laughs> but buttons all have to be different colors. Yeah. Everything has to have colors to it. And it just makes your website look like clown yeah. town, you know? <laughs> so if you, um, you know, as a developer and a musician, like listen to a, a lot of music and like listen to it critically but then look at a lot of websites and look at them with a, a critical eye. Like how much color did they use on the site? Like how many borders did they use? Did they animate everything or is it like subtle yeah, animations? Yeah. I've struggled with this as far as design goes as well. Like do you over design um, stuff? A lot of times. Yeah. And then I have to take a step back and then, okay, I can remove this or this doesn't need to be here. Let's make this cleaner. And, um, like as a, practice like uh toward the end of school when i was um going for design i like made an effort for like my last project to just go as minimal as possible and then it came out to be like one of the better things i've did while i was in school and it, it, was, it was awesome i still keep it in my portfolio today because uh it's I, I was really proud of it uh but yeah it's something to think about like don't overdo it i know a lot of people when they're first starting just want to put everything they know into one thing and be exactly. super flashy and like it's just overwhelming it needs to have explosions yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I definitely, um, I definitely agree with that. Um, and then you always hear about like some crazy musician that's like, oh, I needed to do, I needed to lock myself in a room and only listen to the Beatles for like 10 hours before I could write this song. <laughs> and they, they just impose like weird limits and stuff on themselves. And it's kind of funny, like working in a restraint like that, um, how it can make you do like creative stuff. So that's like, if you're just working with CSS, like maybe don't reach for JavaScript animations, don't reach for SAS or something, just see what you can do with that. And I think that that's kind of a, a good tactic to use sometimes like restrict yourself to certain technologies and see what you can do with it. Like making the quiz app and, um, and jQuery. Yeah. Like jQuery is powerful. Um, I know it's not like the most popular thing or maybe the most performant or whatever nowadays, but, um, you kind of, you learn a lot by doing that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I learned I don't want to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But why? Oh, why didn't you want to do that again? But like I, after doing it, so that I was thinking I should have just built it in angular it would have been a lot faster. And and how would angular have helped? Um, the way I loop through everything and like, you know, um, putting, uh, the way I planned everything out was just like, would have been easier just to, it would have been less code too. um, so there's like some organization, there's architecture, yeah, yeah. there's reusability, there's a, a lot all that, that stuff yeah. that, and you kind of learned what not exactly. to do. Yeah. So, I mean, even in something silly, like, oh, I'm going to build this thing in jQuery. Like you kind of, as an engineer are learning lessons doing that. So, mm-hmm. um, the people that are locking themselves in the room and they're like, I only, I can only eat ice cream while I write this song. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird thing, but, uh, I mean, it, it can lead you to, you know, some, some lessons that you may not have stumbled upon, I guess. Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, cause you brought up like the solos and stuff like that. There's a band called, I think fall of Troy. Have you ever heard of them? Uh, is that like a metal band? It's like, uh, I forget, but it's metal or, or screamo or something like that. But, um, that a lot of their songs just feel like a bunch of leads and like, you know that kind of uh kind of what you're yeah doing. i have friends that... it, it's pretty good though i guess if you do it right it it's you can put it together in a way that sounds good uh i don't know everybody's tastes are yeah. different but um i'm of the opinion that like some of the newer metal bands where they just kind of <clears throat> they attack your ears with as much like screaming and weedly wee guitar stuff as they can this was, is kind this wasn't of a ton of screaming so screamo is not like the best description but it's it's worth well i'm just talking Uh, in general that stuff isn't for me personally (laughs) i kind of want to listen to it now (laughs) (laughs) what is uh what's your favorite band my favorite band um well i saw she wants revenge last night i'm gonna see them again today um that's one of my favorite bands uh nine inch nails i was a big nine inch nails fan Man, you were like that angsty emo industrial. Yeah, like, yeah that's me. That's the kind uh, of music I played person. too. So, uh, <laughs> that's yeah. funny. But that's that's probably it. Yeah, um, Depeche Mode too. One of my favorite bands. Cool. What about you? Um, for me, I I have like some weird picks. Um, I've been into like some J rock bands that I really like. Okay. Uh, so Asian Kung Fu Generation 
is a band that I really, really like. And then also, um, I don't know if it's Siam or Sham, you heard but of Siam Shade. Melt Banana or Melted Banana? I've never heard of Melted uh, Banana. I, I don't think know what that's that is. the name of the band. Ugh. But uh, Asian Kung Fu Generation is kind of like a like a grunge almost or alternative kind okay. of band. And then Siam Shade is like um, an arena rock kind of uh, band that was super, super huge in okay. Asia. And um, the guitars for that band are just like way over the top amazing. Okay. So um, I really, really like that, so that English, kind of stuff. I, I'm a guitarist, so I like guitar English music. English vocals? What's that? Or... No, it's oh, all in okay. Japanese. <laughs> well, I take that back. The Siam Shade, um, that guy sings in English, I think, for one album. Okay. But his his accent is so thick, it sounds like <laughs> Japanese, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> that's cool. But yeah, um, I, I think that's kind of all I have for for being like a musician and developer. Okay. I don't know if you want to like crush a little nerd minute for for the. Oh uh, sure. Um, I might for our nerd minute. I would maybe throw out there uh, Rocksmith. It's a video game. Okay. That will teach you guitar with a real guitar, not like rock band or guitar hero or something like that that thing's awesome i use that to uh get back into guitar because i haven't played in a while and it's a really cool way to learn you know go through scales because you're playing a game as you're playing your scales or stuff like that and playing or learning songs and it does a good job of like starting out really easy like where you're playing a couple of notes and then as you're staying in time they'll throw more at you gradually and then by the end, if you played it a few times, you're learning the entire song. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, I used that before. I have um, Rocksmith on Steam okay. and the, the USB cable. Mm-hmm. And I think I, for me, it was kind of aggravating because at the time it didn't have a thing where you could adjust like your own skill level. Okay. So like it would play the song and it'd throw me like one note a measure or something. Yeah. And I'm like bored yeah, with it be because... I'm like beyond that as a guitarist, but, uh, I did use it to learn, um, Def Leppard's pour some sugar on me (laughs) or something. So yeah, I'm like the, I I love the eighties rock kind of stuff, but, um, yeah, Rocksmith is, is pretty cool. Now, now I kind of want to think of, uh, other music related nerd picks, but, um, here's something super nerdy. Have you heard of the black mages? No. Okay. So (laughs) it's a, uh, are you familiar with Final Fantasy? Yes, yes. Or are you a fan? So uh, Nobuo Uematsu is uh, a composer for Final okay. Fantasy. Uh, super famous uh, keyboard player. Or I guess piano. I don't know. I guess he's a composer. Anyway, he has a rock band called the Black Mages. Okay. And what they do is they take all the Final Fantasy tracks and they turn them into like arena rock. Oh, uh, really? Rock songs. And they're all like instrumental. Well, I, th- I think they actually get a vocalist on a couple, but yeah, it's um just like three, I think, albums of Final Fantasy music, but played by a rock band. Oh, cool. So like super talented musicians. And then Nobuo Uematsu is playing the the keys for the band. Oh, that sounds cool. Okay. Yeah. So uh, check that out if you're into that super nerdy nerd pick right there <laughs> that's pretty cool i've heard of like orchestras and stuff doing video game music like stuff from zelda and whatnot that's pretty cool yeah this is um it's kind of like that except it's all like there's metal yeah. guitar in it which is 
really cool. That's so maybe my my famous or my favorite um, pick out of that would be like those who fight further, which is the the boss music from Final Fantasy VII. Okay. Um, that on guitar is like awesome. <laughs> right. It just translates really well. Uh, so All right. I have to check that out. Yeah, definitely. Um, gosh, you had any other picks? No, that, that's that about it. <laughs> did you see a uh, Avengers Endgame or anything yet? Yes, yes, I did. How did you? <laughs> how did how did you feel about I, that? I loved it. I cried a bunch. Um, <laughs> it, it was great. I still, I really need to see it again. Um, but yeah, I, I watched it. What about you? I liked it. Um, I had some problems with it. Uh, it was, I mean, the tone of it at the end, obviously was a little bittersweet. Yeah. Um, because a lot of those actors are kind of moving on to other things. And so they had to narratively do things with them to like write them out of the story basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I didn't, I didn't appreciate what they did with black widow. Oh uh, yeah. I, I didn't really like her. She was kind of like mm. narratively the glue of the team for a long okay. time. Let's be careful. You might, and then they just kind of wrote her into spoilers. So be that? careful with spoilers. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil exactly, <laughs> but they kind of, they kind of didn't do her justice in that. Movie. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, um, was, it's a little. I, I thought things were going to change at the end, but they didn't. Uh, yeah, and then she has like another movie coming out, but I guess it's going to be a prequel yeah. or something. I don't know, but um, so that I, I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, also, just kind of the the tone at the end, like I said, was a little bittersweet. Um, so that was, that was kind of rough. Uh, the Hulk also didn't like his role in the movie didn't make sense to me. Really? Like everything important in the Hulk story happened off screen and they just kind of don't like mention it. You want to see how he got to that point? Yeah. Like how did he become? Yeah. But it's just kind of like lame. You know, they're just like, eh, it happened. Uh, it's like a, and then you just kind of have to roll with movie, it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hard to squeeze uh, all of I get it that. In. And you have like a million, but characters. then like, he also didn't, he didn't play a huge role in the movie either. Well, at the end. Yeah. He, well, I don't want to say what he did, but before, uh, I'm not going to say anything, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't, he didn't like Hulk smash anything, which was kind of, well, he wasn't. I think uh, the way they played it was like he wasn't as strong as he would have been if he was like the. Oh, I don't want to say anything that's going to spoil the movie. Um, we might have to do a spoiler. I think case. we're. I mean, it's still in theaters, but it's been. Yeah, like and a I month. think everyone in the world has seen it already. So okay, I'm just gonna say um, since he was smart Hulk, um, Professor yeah. Hulk, I think is what they okay. like to say. I think his, because uh, he's not as angry, maybe he's not as strong, but he did take the snap and he's the reason everyone came back to, you know, to fight the war at the end. So. Yeah. Um, but I kind of feel like his only role was to be like resilient enough to snap. Okay. And then otherwise, like, okay, he's smart, but 
he goofs up the time travel oh, he stuff. says he's it's not his thing like he doesn't it's not his specialty okay, so like he doesn't get to be the smart guy per se yeah. and then on top of that like he doesn't fight anybody um he fights in the at the end. Does he go up against Thanos like, or Thanos? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> he does. This is why I said I have to watch it again. It's been a little while. Like the building falls on him. Okay. And he's holding up the building, and then like that's kind of the last bit you get to see of okay. him. And then before that, that he has like a little joke role when they go back in time, where he has to pretend to be like the Rage yeah. Hulk. Yeah. And he just kind of like, like punches the car and he's like, uh, smash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of the only parts that he had. So, I mean, he, he had like a character progression through the other movies where he was like learning to cope with his abilities and um, deal with being the Hulk and Bruce Banner. And then like the Hulk goes through this hedonist like i'm just gonna always be the hulk thing on um thor ragnarok yeah and then from that comes back to earth and kind of deals with getting beat up by thanos in infinity war and not being the strongest it's hard because they and and then that plot point just dies right there (laughs) it's hard because they can't make a movie just for him you can't do a solo movie because i think is that like a licensing yeah, deal or something? Yeah, I think Universal something? still owns like the the rights to the Gosh. Hulk, which is why he hasn't had his own movie, and they kind of squeeze him into like Thor and things like that. Um, it's the same thing with like the X Men. Well, that's I think that's like, going to change now, right? Because Disney owns everything. I know that. I think it's Sony had the X Men. No, rights. it was Fox, and they just okay, bought yeah, Fox. Yeah, it was Fox, and they bought um, Fox. they have the same okay. deal with Sony for Spider Man, but at least they let Marvel like do the Spider-Man stuff for the most part, which is why Venom okay. is not in Spider-Man and they don't mention Spider-Man in Venom because that's kind of separate. It was kind of cool to see him have his own movie. Yeah, I would, I think it would have been better if Spider-Man was in it. It beat the hell out of Spider-Man three. Oh yeah. That, well, it doesn't take much to do that. <laughs> <laughs> what was that guy's name? Topher Grace, I think was, uh, Oh, uh, Venom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie, Brock Eddie Brock in Spider-Man mm-hmm. 3. And he was like super goofy. Yeah. But it was crappy. <laughs> All right. So um I think I think I'm ready to wrap right, it there. Cool. Um cool. So I, I don't even know how to like walk the show out anymore. You have that new cool <laughs> outro thing that you added to one of the episodes. You can just do that. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> this has been Tech Junior. All right. Uh bye. bye. <laughs> been listening to tech junior thanks for joining us today and head on over to techjunior.dev for a full list of all of our episodes you can also find us on twitter at tech junior podcast you can follow myself at lee work junior and eddie at at ed zero t-e-r zero join us next week where we'll have chad bostick on the show chad is a career coach that specializes in helping developers get hired So we asked him all the questions we could think of and you could think of on how to get hired as a junior developer. You can keep an eye out for that on techjunior.dev or on any of your favorite podcast apps. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Player FM, Pocket Cast, and probably a bunch of others that I'm missing. 
all right that's all the talking i have for this week uh bye <laughs>